Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America in COVID, an oral history project. I started this podcast during Black History Month of 2022 because I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who was a Black American who sadly lost their life during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was inspired by the work of Zora Neale Hurston, who is an anthropologist and an author, and she wrote about Black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums and archives, such as the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture. I'll share a little bit about me and my family history, and then we'll speak with my guests today. I'm a Black American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. His ancestors were a part of American chattel slavery. They were enslaved in Georgia. And we still have our family's slave name, which is my last name, Killebrew. My dad, Dr. Terrence Killebrew, met my mom in graduate school at the New School in the 1970s. They were both earning their master's degrees in psychology. My mom is Jamaican-American. She attended college in Canada and then flew to New York for graduate school. I am a fourth generation teacher. My mom is a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica for 20 years and in New York City for 20 years. My great-grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica up until she got married in the late 1800s. She was the daughter of an Irish woman and a black man. She stopped working after she got married because it wasn't considered respectable for a woman to work after she got married in the 1800s. Ironically, my mom began teaching long after she got married in the late 1900s. I'm a teacher and a writer. So without further ado, I'm excited to speak with my guest today. I am Courtney Martin, and I currently live in San Diego, California. I've been here for approximately 10 years. Um, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. I actually know Sony because we were a part of the Prep for Prep consortium. Um, Where did you go to boarding school? I went to Middlesex School in Concord, Massachusetts, and then Connecticut College in Connecticut, Yay. in New London, Connecticut. Um, from there, I did, uh, I left school and I was a banker for a few years and I hated it. So I quit. Then I traveled for like a year and went to like as many countries as I possibly could on the finances I had saved from that journey. Then I came home not knowing what to do with myself, but I didn't want to do what we were trained to do for years, you know? I didn't want to do that prep stuff. So I actually started working, um, building sets on Off-Broadway Theater. And so I started working with my hands and building sets. Um, coincidentally, I um, 
worked for one of my Middlesex friends. And uh, he was trying to get me in the union. But at that time, you know, even in the early 2000s, the union was really pretty much Irish or Italian. And I had a, enough experience that I didn't want to sweep up theaters for like the next five years before I get any like real uh, on job training. So I ended up going to visit a friend for his 25th birthday, Luther in Atlanta. And that's how I ended up staying. So I went for his 25th birthday and then ended up staying for eight years. And that's where I met Stephanie. Yeah, that's how we connected, probably at Luther's birthday party. I, I think we connect. No, we connected through Kev because he went down there and started uh, teaching. I forgot about that. That's right. Kevin is down there. Yeah, I mean, you guys are in the same contingent. So that's I think that's where we met initially. But I don't I, I could be mistaken. Yeah, because Kevin went to Middlesex, right? He did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he's still a good buddy of mine. and I still talk to him uh, fairly often. I love that. And you mentioned that you have some Caribbean ancestry. Yeah. So my dad is actually from St. Kitts, which is a British Virgin Island. And then my mom is actually like, uh, I think, I'm not sure, but I think part Master Tucker Pequot and then Black American. Oh, so we, so, yeah. It's like we mirror each other, the Caribbean and then the African American and Indigenous American. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. We got our roots. My roots are all over this. <laughs> My imprint is all over this country. Yeah. So. And you've been yeah. in San Diego during this pandemic? Yeah. So we've been here the whole time, um, pretty much. Uh, I was fairly lucky, actually, because I was working at a resort at the end of 2019. And I was starting to like, I love the job, but I was starting to dislike a lot of my coworkers. Um, I was working nights, you know, I was doing like, uh, it was like a maintenance, uh, yeah, just serving guests and stuff, you know? And uh, I was like, I was actually at the time I was there, I was the most like complimented employee on, at the resort. <laughs> so every interaction was just like, you know, old white people like to write stuff, you know, like Yelp reviews and stuff. <laughs> and so they were writing them about me. <laughs> and so I was winning awards like every month, but I was hating like my coworkers. Like it was just, so I actually quit the job and then started working for a temp agency. And this temp agency put me on this property that this was like right in November, right? So right in November, 2019, I started tempering at this uh, apartment complex um, in property management. And it was like right around the holiday. And I was like, not sure how I was going to, you know, buy holiday presents for my kids and family and stuff. And so I was kind of bugging out. And February 24th, they offered me a full-time position with benefits and all that stuff. And like a $10 raise from what I was uh, previously doing. So I was like, it was like a no brainer. But we had that whole like holiday season. I was kind of like, oh man, can I get my kids Christmas gifts? You know, or should I save this for, you know, rent for the next two months or whatever? Um, and then February, they were like full time. And then literally like three weeks later, the world shut down. So that March 13th, 
Um, my kids came home from school and they came home with a letter that we will not be opening school for March 20th or after March 13th, we, school will be closed until further notice. Um, and that Friday, they also gave me the day off of work, um, paid, whatever. And then um, that Monday, I went back to work and I worked throughout the pandemic on site, but it was more of everything was limited. So I had no like residential interaction. So I was literally going and flipping new apartments. So if people had to move out because they weren't working or paying rent or whatever, they like a lot of people ended up leaving, you know, and going back home to from whence they came, I guess. And so apartments were clearing out and things of that nature so I was like so I was just spending time in empty units like flipping those and preparing those for I guess new residents um so it wasn't a lot of interaction at work but I was able to go to work every day um do my 40 hours and then come home and then in that time I was actually promoted and got my own property so now I run my own property and so I kind of oversee that whole thing now um and I got the promotion during so I started in February uh, of 2020 and then I got promoted of like December of 2020 um, and then just most recently got another promotion and a nice little raise to add to that so um, so work-wise it was a positive thing and I had made my transition at the perfect time so initially when I thought I was making the wrong decision it actually became the perfect time to make that move you know and so it was right when like my wife worked in restaurants so she's a chef and that like around that November one of her restaurants closed she got a new job so she got put on unemployment and then she got a new opportunity working for another female chef. And literally maybe three weeks into her starting that new job, that restaurant ended up closing. So she never got off. So she was like, until I get like, until I get like consistent checks, I'm not gonna go off unemployment yet. And it ended up being a benefit for her. So when everybody was doing the unemployment thing. She was already in the system and didn't have to like wait or jump through the rigmarole, you know? So that ended up being a benefit for us as well. Wow. Um, so money didn't stop at all. Wow. Then we also have, so a good friend of mine, actually the first new person I met in San Diego um, lives in my granny flat. And he had been a preschool teacher for 23 years. And in 2019, they cut his hours. And when they cut his hours, they also took his benefits because he's now a part-time worker. And he had given 23 years to San Diego um, Unified School District. And they kind of disrespected, you know? And so he also was... Uh, so he actually retired from that and went to school, took out a loan and went to school for HVAC. So heating and air and went to school during um, like that first year. So that 2020 year, he was doing online schooling for uh, HVAC 
And then he'd go into class like once a week and it was a limited class um, with maybe like 10 guys or whatever, you know? Um, and at the same time, my uh, Stephanie, she started taking online courses because I guess uh, the local community college was offering classes online free if you're a resident of San Diego. So she started taking IT classes and uh, studying for certifications and stuff. So both the adults around me made 180s in career change during the time. And now they both like have both been hired at new jobs that they like and are making are a lot more content than they were prior to the pandemic. I love that. It's such a good story. It's like the opposite of the news media. Wow. It's like, what did yeah. kids say? A glow up? That's what kids are saying. Exactly. Exactly what it was. The glow up. So yeah. everybody, every adult here was kind of, uh, yeah, kind of made a, a positive move. Wow. Um, and then Mike, like, so Mike, uh, my buddy, he's kind of been like the guy He's always put himself last and put everybody first and always kind of neglected his mental health and status by helping out people in his family that ended up not doing the best by, you know? And then so when we got this house, he was kind of always the person we wanted to be in our granny flat and kind of help out. Um, but when we initially got it, it wasn't the right time for him, but we had other people who came through. We had two or three other residents and um, the first two weren't that great. I mean, I'm still friends with at least one of them. They weren't that great. The third one was a friend of ours from Atlanta who ended up uh, moving to Sacramento, uh, San Francisco. And now he's the sous chef at a fancy restaurant up there. Um, and so right when he left was kind of the perfect time for Mike to come in. And that was like right before the pandemic hit. Right. And then so Mike was able to like not focus on anybody else for the first time, but focus on himself. So within like him being here a year, he bought his first car that he's had like brand new since like he was 21 years old or something like that, you know? Um, and then he was literally able to focus on himself, like go to school and do something he always like, was never confident or was never in a position to do. And so to see him kind of like, you know, these last two years, like do that was impressive, you know? Wow. Um, a granny flat, that's like a, like a mother-in-law suite, like a self-contained apartment in a house? Yeah, so it's a self-contained apartment. So we have, so we moved here maybe six years ago, this little house, um, and actually our neighbor is the owner of the house and she owns like half the block and she won't sell me the house, but we rent it. And I'm like begging her every year, like, so you can sell me a house, you can sell me a house. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just because like in San Diego, San Diego just surpassed San Francisco as the most expensive city in the country. <laughs> wow. So we've actually been on a journey to kind of find a house of our own. And it's been hard because you know, $600,000 base price is, is, is a hard start. <laughs> yes, because I have friends who bought houses during the pandemic. One of my friends moved to Austin and he said, unless you walked into that house with cash and double the, the asking price, that house was gone. Yep. 
Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, that's what I did during, uh, so I bought a new car during the pandemic. And that was, so the car I was looking for, probably, so I started looking in like, in the beginning of 2021, right? So probably March, I started looking and I had a car that had like, it had 200,000 miles on it. And I was like, I need to start looking for a car. So I started looking in March or March or April, around tax time of 2021. And the car I was looking for, I was looking for like, you know, a used 20, like I was looking for 2015, 2014 being the earliest, uh, like a GMC Acadia or a Chevy Traverse, like a three row family car. And when I started looking, they were like $15,000 to $18,000, right? Within the six months, by the time I secured all my money and saved up enough, so when I had enough money, it was probably like November of 2021. And that price I shot up to $20,000, 20, $21,000 to $23,000. So I ended up buying like a nice, it was actually, I ended up like lucking out and got like this beautiful like 2014 Denali Acadia with only 70,000 miles on it. Uh, plush leather, like interior, like it, hard, it looked like it hardly been used, right? And I got that for like 23,000. So I ended up paying like 8,000 over <laughs> what I, I wanted. <laughs> Did they say, but, did the prices go up because of the whole supply chain? There was a chip shortage, so there's a huge chip shortage, and there was a, a, a used car shortage. So actually, used cars in that time became more expensive than new cars. And normally, uh, and so after researching, like normally a lot, like a, a, like a Chevy dealership has inventory for 90 days, right? That's like the lowest inventory they have. Most dealerships in the country had inventory for 15 days. And because nobody was traveling uh, via airway and people wanted to get around, everybody was trying to get a new vehicle or something with lower miles to make their way to their destinations and stuff. So the used car market became a battlefield. <laughs> And I had to navigate my way through it, but it ended up coming out like I like I love my vehicle and it actually fits perfectly for the whole family. I love hearing that because I've been reading articles about where they said the ticket, the sticker price. They said that's the that's the minimum and it used to be the maximum. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I could have paid fifteen thousand dollars for this car, which I would have loved. <laughs> but I ended up paying twenty three thousand for the car, <laughs> which I'm still not mad at. But I wish it was fifteen. Wow. <laughs> what else? But we got to travel a lot, so we didn't travel as normally as we would. What we did was we went to a lot of national parks. So I haven't been to a national park until I was forty two years old, and. This was kind of like, so I picked up a few, I picked up a new hobby, uh, photography. So now I'm an amateur photographer and I went out and I bought a fancy camera and we started going to national parks. So we did uh, Sequoia National Park. 
We did Kings Canyon and um, and Yosemite, and we did uh, Joshua's Tree. So we did like five national parks uh, during COVID, and so we kind of drove around. And then, um, you know, I have a fairly big, big network, so my network kind of. You know, so like our hotel, we ended up glamping at this fancy resort that one of my friends is running. And then another time we uh, and we were like the first people to ever like stay in these like little cabins. So we weren't really worried about, you know, cross contamination or anything because we were like, the first people to ever lay our heads on these beds and things of that nature. Oh, wait. So since you're in San Diego, was it easier to avoid people during the pandemic? So we, because we have, we have self-contained um, because, you know, the, the other two adults weren't going to work and I was literally just going to work, coming home. Um, and then our community, I, I really have to thank my community and uh, for helping keep us sane, really. So I would literally just come home and work from, and then go to work and come home, go work and come home, you know? Um, my neighbors got together and decided to do this thing where we wanted to keep supporting a lot of the local farms, you know, a lot of the farmers markets closed down and stuff. And so we wanted to keep supporting a lot of the local farms. So what my neighbors started doing was getting a list, calling people and getting a shopping list of like veggies and honey and, and things that you would normally get from a farmer's market and would take the journey once a week up to uh, one of the farms and then come back home and then drop off boxes to everybody who ordered through her. And then, so we had a network, so it became a different person. So Stephanie went up, will go up one week, then our neighbor, another one, another neighbor will go up another week. And so everybody had, you know, all our fresh produce, um, our honey, our veggies, uh, uh, things of that nature, like weekly, because we kind of had that community. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Then, um, because I'm a very social dude, I kind of needed some kind of stimulus. And I'm a huge, like, like my hobby is going to concerts, you know? So I'm still trying to find a way to make my hobby my lifestyle. But, you know, I spend both of my income probably going to concerts and, fly, you know, like doing that. <laughs> um so did you? So because I didn't have we, you know, because 2020 shut down, I found Twitch, which actually changed the way I listen to music, and what then Twitch? so Twitch is an app that started out as a video game streaming service. Yeah. And when and so you remember when D Nice started yeah. streaming on on Instagram? Yeah. So Instagram would give a lot of the smaller DJs guff and so after an hour they were cut off and things of that nature and it became a uh it became a burden for them you know because like everybody couldn't get a hundred thousand dollars hundred thousand followers and have o o oprah and michelle obama in their stream you know so they all moved over to different avenues and one of those was twitch and that became like essential to me because it was like djs like dj jazzy jeff from like DJ's Edge Jeff for Fresh Prince playing for fame. Um, Green Lantern and like uh, 
Craig G and GJ Chubb and Chubb, who were all like radio DJs when we were young, were like Kiss FM and Hot 97. Um, DJ Tony Toka, like Static Selector, all of these huge DJs. And then a lot, not so big ones that I ended up learning about. And then some international DJs that I didn't know about that I now learned about because of this platform. And so they literally were playing live sets 24 hours a day. And they're still doing it now, you know? And so now, and I've made a whole network now on an internet with the people who also are in a chat streaming with me, you know? And that's been epic, you know? Now, some of these DJs, I actually met Green Lantern because of Twitch at my first concert that I was able to go to post-pandemic or in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, my first concert was Nas. Um, Stephanie and I went to see Nas at uh, with the San Diego Symphony Orchestra at a brand new venue that they had built right before the pandemic, and they built this brand new, beautiful. It's called the uh, Children, uh, the Rady Shell, and Rady's the Children's Hospital in San Diego, and it's this beautiful outdoor venue right on the water, right on the San Diego Bay, and it had been sitting dormant for the last two years the first concert happened to be uh who was it was it Gladys Knight I think and then the very next show was Nas with the San Diego Symphony Orchestra and Green Lantern was his DJ and I had been listening to Green Lantern for the whole year and a half before and I ended up we ended up meeting him because he's leaving the show and we see him in a parking deck and I go Hey, Green Lantern. And he's like, you know, he's on that New York stuff. Like, who's calling my name? So I'm like, what's this? And I go, it's uh, it's Be Smart. And he goes, yo, Be Smart. Because that's my uh, my Twitch handle. And so we ended up, like, chopping it up with him um, for, like, 20 minutes in the parking deck. <laughs> I love that. Yo. And then two days later, we flew up to Colorado to see Wu-Tang with the... Uh, Colorado Symphony Orchestra at Red Rocks. What? Yeah. So that was kind of like our first, you know, this was in August of 2021 because this is when like things started getting a little lax, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but we were still diligent about wearing our masks and all that kind of thing while, while we were there. But we were able to go, you know, so we we're able to jump on a plane and fly to Colorado and knock something off our bucket list. Like seeing Wu-Tang at Red Rocks was kind of epic. That is amazing. Yes. With a live orchestra. Yeah. And we had sick ticket. Like, so our seating was like as prime as it could be, like dead center, right behind the VIP. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> Was it full or were people still not really? Trapped? Oh, yeah, it was 10,000 people. Oh. It was the whole place because it was like the whole world came out for it, you know? Um, and we ended up meeting a guy, like, we met a guy who became like a friend now <laughs> because of that show. Um, yeah, we, we also met a friend at uh, one of the girls who was actually like a moderator for Green Lantern is now a friend because she was also at that. Uh, Nah, show. Yeah, I love that. It's like people from online, like they're they're real people. I love that. Yeah. yeah, and so now we have a whole community of like you know that I hope to see someday in IRL. IRL, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's one of the things I learned during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Did your kids teach you that? <laughs> no, so my kids actually, man, 
No, I, I learned that from being on Twitch like all day, every day. Because I literally like, that's literally like, it, it, I haven't listened to the radio. Like prior to that, I would listen to NPR every day. I was on NPR every day. And, you know, that news was depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I was like, when I found out about Twitch, you know, after like, you know, some of my favorite DJs were getting booted off Instagram all the time. I was like, I'm going to go into Twitch. And I made it switch to Twitch and haven't been back yet. Oh, I love you know? that. Um, so... Yeah. And I put a lot of people on. I'm like, yo, if y'all need, like, it's literally like a live set. And some of the best, like, hip-hop, R&B, house music. Like, every day I have a different thing. Like, Mondays, Boom Bap Mondays. And so I'm listening to, like, that classic 90s hip-hop that we grew up with. You know, then Tuesday, this guy, his name is Scratch Bass, is a ginger from Canada who was actually under the tutelage for, from, like, Jazz and Jeff for a long time. He's end up, like, he's an amazing DJ. And he plays like, he's like one of those like vinyl like finders. And he plays like some of the like deepest cuts from the dopest like funk and R&B. Like some of my best, like some of the new music I've heard is because of him. Like Krongbin is a band that is epic, amazing, a three-piece band. If you don't know about him, listen to him. Um, and he put me on Krongbin. There's another band, Salt, that uh, I found out about that is epic funk band. Um, so I like all these DJs put on a new music, but he'll play like a five hour set every Tuesday morning and go from like 10 o'clock my time to like one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon and just play like classic, like Stevie Wonder to James Brown to Parliament, but then play new funk and then he'll mix in some hip hop with that and then throw some on some like you know, some Bob James jazzy hits you know and then do a sample track from bob james straight to like some d block sample or something you know like epic <laughs> yeah i'm gonna download twitch i i hadn't heard about i only knew about verses and then dj nice um, yeah so the verses i connected with a lot of my prep contingent because of the verses so all probably like the first 10 verses Myself, Jennifer Wade, Luther McElroy, uh, David Smith, Unique, Farah, we'd watch, Johannes, we'd watch the verses together online on Zoom and then do our own, you know, judging and stuff. And so that's kind of how we stay connected during this whole thing. Yes, you just reminded me because we all used to get together on Zoom and watch either TV shows or movies because we couldn't get together in real life. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And so, and that was one of the things, you know, so I got to keep up with my contingent um, because of the verses. Yeah. I remember. And, and we celebrated every birthday together as well, too. So every birthday we had, we also celebrated with a Zoom meeting and cocktails. Okay. We, we drink beers or pop a bottle of wine and wish each other happy birthdays on Zoom for the last two years. Uh, I love that because they're all over the United States. Yeah. I, it's funny. I didn't even know what Zoom was before the pandemic. And that was like half my life. Nope. Skype hates Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Tom from MySpace hates, you know, Zuckerberg. <laughs> MySpace. I forgot. <laughs> That's like such a distant memory. 
<laughs> Skype. I forgot about Skype too. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And can we talk about your hair? So you said the barbershops closed and you started locking. Yeah. So literally, um, yeah. So there's a little bit of that in the fact that I'm, 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 I'm thinning up here. So I'm thinning up here a little bit. And so I was like, I'm not going to cut my hair until I have to. Mm. And, and it was right around the time at the beginning. So I had just gotten this job and I might've got one haircut or two haircuts because one of my, uh, another good friend of mine also went to, uh, I guess, barber school during COVID. And so I got my last haircut probably like right at the beginning of the pandemic and, you know, no barbershop, you know, was open. And so I was like, I'm not going to cut my hair until I'm forced to, until I'm looking like Stevie Wonder and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll go bald. <laughs> yeah, so this has probably been a journey from like since yeah, the middle of 2020. Probably wow. that, that, that fall. So probably that fall of 2020 is my last, the summer is my last haircut probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I interviewed a friend and she said she had um, a Caesar. So she, her husband learned how to cut hair on her. Okay. <laughs> on her. Yeah. <laughs> and then she will be mad because she's not going nowhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he had a good learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. What about do your kids? They just do their own hair? Yes. Yeah, so my kids, yeah. So they become very self-reliant but socially dependent on each other and their mother mm. in this time so that was a thing so that march 13th when the world closed down they couldn't go back to school what stephanie did and then you know none of the none, no school system knew how they were going to progress but so um stephanie their mom was very proactive in making sure they stayed on schedule just in case in two weeks they'd have to go back to school. So she woke them up at the same time every morning, had them, you know, eat lunch at the same time every day, even though they were home. So they would wake up and, you know, at the time school was emailing packets of homework for them to do. So they were doing that. And then she'd take them outside after lunch and have them play or garden or something. And then um, come home and do, and do something else. And then, so she kept them on a school schedule. So when the schools started going to the virtual school, they didn't really have uh, issues with staying in that time frame. And they also, um, I mean, they weren't happy about, you know, but my kids are pretty, they're the opposite of me. They're not as social as I am. So. They kind of liked, you know, not having to be in school every day um, until the end. They were like excited to go back to school, but they did well um, academically. They did real well. They both got A straight through the whole process. Um, and I, um, prior to that, my wife was calling me Tiger Dad because I was kind of on them. I would check their homework every day. Um, you know, if they had missed, I'll redo it, redo it, redo it. I was kind of that person, you know, and she's like, you're tiger dad, but 
I was more concerned about, you know, like, just don't set the house on fire and <laughs> don't, you know, my son was literally doing like running from his bed through the front door to the sidewalk. And he'd do that for hours. And I was like, normally I cuss him out. And, but no, I was just like, let me open the door for you, bro. <laughs> yes because i discovered you can only sit for so long it's like only sit for so long definitely when you're 10 and 9 years old (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i love that but we also were able to in that um my daughter graduated to fifth grade during covid which sucked because our group of friends and our kind of, we were probably one of the most involved parenting groups and kid groups. So it was like 10 of them and they were nerdy ass kids and we were nerdy ass parents. So we were the kind of parents that we were all in a PTA. My wife was on a PTA board. I was a part of dad's club where I'm still a part of dad's club, but we had a separate dad's club where we met at a bar and would decide cool stuff for our kids to do. And we've been doing that since my daughter was in kindergarten. And, uh, we couldn't do that anymore, but we tried to keep our kids together. And what we did was we rented a coach. So we paid some guy, like, I think we pay each parent paid 200 bucks. And every Tuesday for two hours, the kids will, he will organize sports for them and they will play. So they still got to be with their friends. You know, they would mask up and the moms would mask up. They all had their lawn chairs 10 feet apart or six feet apart. And, uh, he would arrange like once Tuesday would be a soccer game, the next Tuesday would be a basketball game, the next Tuesday would be dodgeball. And so they did that um, while they weren't in school. So they were able to still socialize a little bit um, and see their friends, uh, you know, and then still be able to run around a little bit. Was that in a park in San Diego? That was in a, a random park in San Diego that the parents chose, that the moms chose, like a, a park. And then the coach would just meet us there and he'd come with the balls and, and things to do. And so they did that. That is a great idea. Yeah. Um, so that's how they kind of, you know, and then there was a lot of uh, birthday per- car parades, you know, oh. so... And so we were driving by, and I still actually do random drive-bys to like a lot of that crew, because that crew, why I love them is because like everybody in our crew is diverse. So every every kid was a mutt because every parent um, that my they're all peanut butter babies. So there's like Mexican and Italian. There's like me and Steph, the black and white couple. Then you have like some rent, like the whitest lady ever from Ohio, married like the coolest Mexican dude from LA, you know what I mean? And so all our kids, you know, we got a, a Mexican and Filipino couple. We got two of those, you know, like, um, so the diversity of that group was huge for us. Um, definitely coming into San Diego and putting our kid in school, you know? And so we kind of still with them. And even though the kids have kind of separated a little and my daughter's going to a different school, though all, most of those kids go to the same school, but we've chose to send Brooklyn to a different school. Um, and I thought that would be hard for her, but she's thriving there as well. She's still getting straight A's. She just got an award. Um, 
the teacher who gave her the award was actually one of the 117 uh, National Teachers of the Year this year, um, honored by Biden. So she's, uh, you know, she'd be in prep if she was in city. <laughs> <laughs> or she would have took the test at least, you know. If she would made it through, who knows? Yeah. So with the drive-bys, do they, they don't get out of the car? They just like, yeah. No, so we them. literally, no, we literally like, have like balloons and presents hanging out the window. We'd all play like I'd play like Stevie Wonder's "Happy Birthday to You." Drive by, somebody, a parent, would run out, pick the package up, and go into the house. You know, and they'd hand us out like icy pops or, or a you know a birthday bag. Oh. <laughs> so there were a lot of those. <laughs> and so every time on a block, you just hear honking horns like all times of day, and you're like, "What's going on?" Another birthday drive by. <laughs> <laughs> drive-by has changed <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was a thing um what else was pretty cool oh so because i couldn't go to concerts all the time and out here i kind of became associated or affiliated with a lot of the local san diego hip-hop uh acts guys who open for like bigger acts when they come out, you know, um, things like that. I associate with a lot of them, but a lot of them are amazing artists. And this whole time they were doing like Zooms um, or Twitch shows where they were in like an empty theater performing, you know, with them and their DJ. And because I was a super big group, they let me show up, you know, so it'd be 10 of us and I'd be the only one with no musical talent whatsoever hanging out with the artists. But so what I did was, um, I would have like, you know, like what would be old school, like rent parties. I would have those in my backyard because I have a pretty decent backyard and I know, you know, we need to socialize and stuff. So I would, uh, have one of my DJ friends come and set up his speakers and stuff. And then, um, Brooklyn's Godfather actually, uh, started a, uh, a, a barbecue company and where, he kind of found his niche. So during COVID, San Diego has become one of the biggest uh, uh, microbrewing cities in the country. And so there's all these breweries that were set up in like office parks, but they don't have kitchens. And so, you know, people go there and drink and buy beers or whatever, and they need food. So they made a law. So if you were to be open, you have to have food. And so my buddy got to set up his pop-up and slang barbecue so i just like have him cater my backyard give him like 200 300 bucks to cater my backyard and i'd have like a a, a hand-picked group of people to come and like hang out and enjoy the dj and enjoy the food and you know i have my little like uh temperature gun and you know we had our masks and our hand sanitizer you know and <laughs> at the UN upon check-in and arrival <laughs> and you know and but we would everybody would come in the backyard and like blast some tunes and like kind of get that that feel of community without being so isolated yes because after a while Zoom yeah, Zoom was exactly. Like, so this is not as fun. So yeah, I love that. Are you still doing that this year? 
So we've been out a little bit, so we haven't been, but I probably I plan on doing it again because one of my buddies is like he wants that event for his birthday, and we actually had to cancel because at the end of COVID, I ended up getting COVID. So in tw- in like January, January of, at the end of January, I ended up getting COVID, but it wasn't that bad because we had all been vaccinated. Um, and so during his birthday week, I had to cancel on him. So maybe I'll throw another bash this summer for him. Mm-hmm. And have like the same crew of people or similar crew of people, you know, with a different DJ or something like that. Same food. We might do it again. Yeah. I yeah, I had a similar experience. At the end of January, I got in COVID, and and it wasn't that bad. Also, because I had the vaccine. Yeah, my kids didn't get it at all, but both um, I got it, and then uh, their mom got it from me because <laughs> she was the one who had to feed me and stuff, you know. Oh, like did, did you go to a hotel or what, what did you do? No, I stayed in my room. I literally stayed in my room and watched everything I could possibly watch on Netflix. And then uh, I bought a video game online and then I'm spending the rest of the week playing that. <laughs> it literally sat on my bed in my jammies and watched, you know, HBO Max and Netflix and Hulu and Plex and all the other stuff. <laughs> Do you remember, did you watch Tiger King when everybody's watching it? I did not, no. Oh! I did not. I didn't watch one episode. I didn't watch one minute of it. Okay, okay. I avoided it. I, okay. Yeah, did not. I I respect that, yes. <laughs> I avoided it. That's one of the things I can say. I did not participate. Yeah, there, yeah. Oh, I, I love that. I totally avoided it. Um, oh, there's probably a few trends I bucked because I just didn't want to be a part. And I was just like, no, we're not going to do that. But then there's a few that I totally jumped into, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's the only show I can remember that went viral. And then not so much like Love is Blind and no. I don't know, Bridgerton. These are like no. Netflix shows. Yeah, I didn't do the Bridgertons. I did uh, The Boys. That was a big one, you know, The Boys. Um, Squid Game, obviously. <laughs> Squid Game was amazing. <laughs> what else did we stream? Like, what else did I go ham on, Brooklyn? Oh yeah, Letterkenny became like my go-to. Oh I love yeah, that show. <laughs> my love friend, that show. It's in Canada, right? My friends talk yes. about. It's one of the best. Um, um, one of the best shows for dialect ever. Like so many quotables, like everything is a quotable. It's amazing. The dialogue. Yeah. I haven't, I still haven't seen it yet. One of my friends, she had a letter Kenny birthday party with pink. The theme was pink. Oh, yeah, the softest birthday party ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, they were like, just watch the clip. <laughs> yep. yeah. My son put a golf ball through the window, you know. <laughs> Because well, I don't know. I don't know if it's a golf ball. What was it? He put, it was a golf ball. He put through the window. Yeah, because we have right outside the window. We have a basketball court and like or a basketball hoop, and you know the kids need something to do. I wouldn't even get mad. I was like, all the parks are closed. Whatever, throw some <laughs> shit, break some shit. Who cares? <laughs> that is the best way to live. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, because a lot of people, like, you know, you hear the stats about, like, divorce and in, in, in domestic violence during this time when everybody was scooped up. And I wanted to, like, you know, we're all going to be in therapy for a long time because of this. And I wanted to kind of make my kids as well-rounded as possible, even though they'll be like, I hate my mom and dad to some, some doctor that they're paying, you know, $700 an hour. But it won't be strictly because of COVID. <laughs> no. You're a great parent. <laughs> <laughs> you and Stephanie. I still remember her clearly. Yeah. Yeah, you both drinking Guinness. Because I was like, yeah. that's a meal. I can't drink yeah. it. And we don't either anymore because it's so because since we've been out here, we're like double IPA people now. Um we did take some losses. Yeah. So one of my good friends that I met out here, um, his dad used to live in Tijuana. And we became real close to his dad. So if my mom would come here or my mother-in-law come here, we would take him across the border and stay at his house. If we went anywhere, we'd fly out of Mexico and he'd pick us up from the airport and then like force us to stay at his house, at least for the night, you know? Um, he ended up passing away from COVID, which that hurt us. We actually found that out when we were leaving Yosemite. And that morning, we're leaving Yosemite to come back home like six in the morning. And I see something on Facebook. And I'm like, not Gustavo, man. And so I end up calling his son and he tells me he went in a hospital that Thursday and passed away that Sunday. And I told Steph, so we sat in our car, we cried. And then we're like, let's not go back home. And so we literally drove from Yosemite to Sequoia National Park. Oh, we're man. Like, we're just not going to go home. Um, so that hurt. Mm. That kind of hit me because it was one of those things, you know? Wow. Was that in 2020? Or 2020? That was in one. Yeah. So that was the some. Um, that was the winter. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if it was the winter. It was the winter of the, the, the 2020, 2021. So I'm not sure if it was in, it might've been in February of 2021. Um. And what was weird about it is that he had, he was, his mom was living with him and she got COVID. So he went out and, and he was fairly wealthy, dude, or he had, you know, they were well off. Mm -hmm. And so he went out and brought like all the medical equipment for his mom. Then his brother got it and he had the same equipment. So they were quarantined in his big ass house. Mm. But he was also a major employer. So he was also building stuff and uh, contracting things around Tijuana. And he was just, he was kind of, a, he was a little bit of a trumper because he wanted to keep his money. His body, even though he wasn't even American, but he was a little bit of a trumper. Um, he wasn't taking it as a serious. And when he got it, he thought he could just stay home and it would pass like it did for his mother and his brother. And he was the one who ended up taking the L. Mm. And he left behind like, four boys and so his older son is only like 30 years old and his youngest son was just finished high school so that kind of sucks and we were close to like everybody in the family like i'm close to grandma like i'm close to like the whole family like kind of like our family or my mom was talking to him like all the time because my mom started a business during covid um and so she was picking his brain a lot because he had numerous businesses throughout 
And so she was real close to him. And she was like, I've been trying to call him. I haven't spoke to him in a while. And I was like, yeah, because he passed. And then in that, my mom's brother also passed. He didn't die from COVID, but he had a, a cardiac arrest and died oh, uh, this year as well, my uncle. And we ended up having, which is ironic, we ended up having like a Zoom like memorial for like the most like non-technological dude of all time. Mm. <laughs> like he was totally still analog, you know, he was still eight tracks and tapes and vinyl that kind of guy, you know? And we ended up having like a family memorial where Brooklyn was the IT person for the whole family. So imagine a whole bunch of old black ladies who can't put their face on the screen in Zoom. <laughs> and Brooklyn is on the phone with him, like at 12, 11, 10 years old being like, this is what you do. <laughs> so, so that was cool. Uh, my mom kept the kids busy as well. So she did like, a, she would have a Zoom with them every Wednesday and tell them stories. They would ask her a question and she would tell them stories about like her past. And she would record the whole thing and they ended up putting together like a little book uh, during COVID. So they did that. Um, what else did we do? We had we started an art project. We started a family art project that we would do. So every week somebody would give us a topic and then we'd illustrate that topic. And that became a big thing. Now we have our own discord about it now. It slowed down since the kids started school. But um, while they were out of school every week, you know, everybody would, you know, flex their artistic muscle. And we would do one week would be um, music and movement. The next week it'd be food. The next week it'd be hats. Um, but every week somebody would illustrate something or we'd all illustrate something different according to what was prompted by that Sunday. Mm -hmm. And we present the next Sunday. So that's one of the COVID uh, projects we did. Um, to keep the family connected, you know. So my mother-in-law was in it, my sister-in-law. I met a lady in a bar and she became a part of it. Some of my coworkers and their kids became part of it. So it ended up being quite a little like cool project. And Discord is the voice app? No, so Discord is like, I don't know what kind of app it is. It's like a messenger app, oh. but it's almost like an invite only thing. So um we have just our network of people that we've invited who are sharing their art in the app. And then you could talk, you know, you can have, you, you know, something you can have a computer and phone and communicate like text, like Snapchat or something like that, but strictly for that group of people. Yeah. Okay. Cause my students had it for the class and they were like, what, what's the homework so we can put it in discord. And I was like, what is discord? Okay. Yeah. yeah that's one of the things that the youth will relate like, like, that's one of the things that popped during COVID, that and Zoom, you know? Yeah. I joined a few discords because some of those DJs I followed in Twitch, they were released like exclusive mixes and stuff and um, on their Discord. There's just so much new stuff that happened. Oh, and you said you started officiating weddings. Was that during the pandemic? Well, no, so I've always done that, but I just was able to do two. So the reason I came to San Diego is I officiated my first wedding. <laughs> 
And that was Brooklyn's Godfather's wedding. And ever since then, I have done them on and off. Oh, okay. So I might have done six or seven. Not a lot, but enough to like, you know, now have a little portfolio of I another thing Courtney does. Yeah. But so during uh, so during the pandemic, I actually did two, one in LA and one here in San Diego. Um, yeah. Wow. And that was pretty cool. So, you know, I got an all expensive pay trip to, to LA to marry a couple. And then uh, this one was right in my backyard. It was my extra coworker. Last one with two of my coworkers. Wow. I love that. Just so much positive news. I really love that. Yeah. So that's, that's what it needed to be while the world was, while we were seeing, you know, like in San Diego in our backyard, like dudes wearing like KKK fucking masks to go to the grocery store. We were trying to do the total polar opposite <laughs> and try yeah. to say sanity and love and community will win over. You know, when names like Marjorie Taylor Greene were getting popular, we were listening to, you know, black men and women were saving our lives every night with D Nice and Quest Love. And while we were watching Donald Trump go fucking nuts, we had just black people spreading beauty. Yes. And that's yeah. what we wanted to obtain, you know? Yeah, DJ D Nice, just the positivity and all his different hats. Like I was like, oh, what hat is he wearing today? And the music was so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so he like spawned a total like, you know, like, and there was a lot of like Quest Love became like the professor. And so did Ninth Wonder. Um, like so Ninth Wonder who's you know who's a super producer who produced for Jay-Z and uh, you know uh, Little Brother he became like he actually taught online so all his um, so he was doing a music class at Duke and every every Thursday he would have his kind of, he had like, he has a true school collective and it's a collective of DJs. Spinderella's in. One of my favorite DJs is uh, DJ Face, who's actually Rhapsody's tour DJ. Um, there's a few other DJs. They all are in this collective. One of them actually passed away during COVID and that kind of hurt us. And we kind of memorialized him on Instagram and Twitch. Um, his name is DJ Puff Dragon. And he was huge in like Virginia area. And, uh, but so DJ, uh, but so Ninth Wonder would have like, his class would have to tune in every Thursday night. And he would give them like, a part of their final was if they could name a sample, like live, <laughs> you know? Um, but music was literally like a guiding force for our sanity in this household. I love that. I saw a meme, or I don't know if it's a meme or a quote on Instagram where they said like, never forget that during the pandemic, it was artists who saved our sanity, the music and films. Yep, DJs became essential. They were essential workers to me, you know, just essential as, 
is the nurse and the doctor and the paramedic and the lady in our, uh, all the men and women in our grocery stores. Those DJs, those artists, you know, um, those shows, like, come on, Squid Game saved our life, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Squid Game, I was, my mind was blown. I was like, oh, South Korea is just like the U.S. <laughs> they working yep. us all to death. <laughs> yep. Ozarks, like that one, that last season. So, oh, I haven't watched Ozark. That's um, a good one. There's a lot of stuff that it was just so much, you know, we imbibed so much media, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this is kind of how I, I have to say it was very productive for most of my camp, very productive for the people who were around me. Um, you know, even though we all took L's, but we didn't take, it wasn't like we were inundated with death Right. You know, what I noticed more is that in the last year, since January or since November, I have people who have lost their dogs, like more dogs have died in a, like in the last six months than I've ever seen, like ever. I, I just had a friend post a memorial for a dog yesterday, actually, today, actually, Aww. I saw it. But I've seen a lot of people lose their pets. We actually got a pet during COVID. We found a little black cat at a school. And we named her after the school. So now we have a cat named Rosa Parks. And she's named after Rosa Parks Elementary. And that's a cool story. So Stephanie took the kids to like run around in the uh, field. And they heard this, like this crying in this bramble bushes. And so they were in there and they were starting to get cut up. So her and my daughter were trying to find this little kitten. And the kitten would show and then hide. And so they would stick their hands in and try to pull her out. But she was being very elusive. And then here come two, like, Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints cats wearing the white shirts, you know, with the name tags. And they're like, you need help? And so they ended up, like, getting all cut up on their arms, pulling this kitten out. They pulled her out. And then she, they loosened up their grip a little bit. She jumped right out their hands, back into the bushes again. So then they did a deep dive and went back in there. And at this time, there was a young lady who was in, like, a mini, and she was coming to roller skate in the parking lot. And she was like, put the cat in my car, put the cat in my car, and I'll take it to anybody's house. So she ended up taking it to our house. And so we named her Rosa Parks. She's an all-black cat. We named her Rosa Parks after school we found her at. I love that story. And that it took it literally community to get And it took cat. a community to capture her and deliver her to her new home. And so now she's an indoor outdoor cat who lives with us. And Aww. yeah, and sleeps in Brooklyn's bed, but doesn't pay us any other mind during the day. <laughs> <laughs> she became my friend when she found her first mouse in her house. And then I went out and bought her a brand new bed. I bought her like treats and all these toys. And I'm like, we're now homies. Home <laughs> <laughs> <love> about cats. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, so we added to our family. We added Rosa Parks to our family. Oh man, I love that. And here she is. And here she is. She just came in. <gasps> oh, I love cats. <laughs> 
I love when we, when I was a kid, we had a black cat and we named her Snowball. Um, okay. Oh, <laughs> what a great story! Rosa Parks, I love Rosa, that. Rosa Parks, Ropey, Ropey. That's what I call her, Ropey. <laughs> Is there I don't know any other thoughts that you want to share about the pandemic? I mean, it was really just a time where you have to reassess, like we re literally reassess everything about our lives, right? What is important to us and what is not important to us. Um, I hope most people were able to eliminate what was unimportant to them. And I hope most of us were able to secure or just appreciate what we do have in a time where we were succumbed by so much loss and, un and uncertainty. Um, you know, even though my kids are so far away from their grandmothers, they still were able to forge a relationship with their grandmothers because they had Zooms, you know, and they were able to write that book with my grandmother, you know, with their grandmother, were able to do art with their other grandma. Um, you know, I met people that like, you know, my daughter's trying to teach herself Japanese on an app and... I met a girl on Twitch who lived in Japan and then went to uh, Choke. And now she's like, yeah, when your daughter gets a little bit better um, with the characters and stuff, she's like, I'll be happy to do Zoom like lessons with her and talk to her in Japanese and stuff, you know? So we were able to extend. So even though our community became tighter and who we could see, it also branched out because we were able to touch a lot more people in the internet multiverse. Um, and then it was just really like, made me look forward to the things that I always loved, you know, going to shows and because of the, you know, the internet also personalized a lot of things. I was able to interact with a lot of people, like, you know, a lot of the acts that I would never see, you know? Like, do you know who Toby Wheatway is? Yeah. So this guy, if you don't know about him, you better find about him real fast, because he has changed music. He's literally changed music. So I'll tell you a story about how I became acquainted with him. Three years ago, four years ago, I saw there was this guy who was getting his hair braided on the ground and he did this freestyle. And his wife, oh, sorry about that. Um, and his wife was like braiding his hair while he was doing his freestyle. I ended up speaking to David Smith and he's like, oh, you heard about this guy? And I was like, yeah, 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 I heard about him. Like I've seen a few of his videos. Then, so what he did was he didn't sign any labels. So what he did, he was called, it was called Get Twisted Sundays. And every Sunday, he would put out a new video. And, a, and he's Nigerian and Texan. So each video had an African and Southern influence. And aesthetically, they're some of the most beautiful videos ever. Like every, all the, all the clothes they wore were literally made that week for the video to, upcoming. Um, it was one fee, one producer, so it was his collection. So his wife, himself, and his producer, who happens to be now, she made every video or every song that's that that Sunday night after they finished the last video, and they'd record the song, record a video, and put it out the following week. Well, they have um, like 
every they did this every week for like three years. And then they started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right now they're on like Obama's playlist, on Beyonce's playlist. And you know, like they're advertising Ivy Park shit for Beyonce now. But one day Steph and I, like I told Steph about her, him, and we sat in my car and watched every video we could find on YouTube. And they're all just like absolutely beautiful. And I was like, well, he's coming to town in the next few months. We got to go. We went to his first show and it's just her and I, and it was just him and his wife and their little collective on stage. Then we put our kids on to him and he doesn't cuss. And then every video he has the lyrics of his words on the bottom of the video and his mantras make purpose popular. Right. So all his music is hella positive. And so the second uh, 2019, we went to a second show. He had just had his first kid, right? First or second kid. They had their first or second kid. And he has a thing where he's not going to go to any venue unless kids are allowed because he's taking his whole family on his journey with him. So we ended up in front row. And this was in November of 2019 with our kids. And his kids were on stage and our kids were there too. Then, most recently, we saw him in L.A. So they, during COVID, they had this whole thing where they had, they did a video a week. Um, you've heard the song, Try Jesus, Don't Try Me, Because I Throw Hands? No. So that song went huge. That song went viral. And then he also made a song that went viral. It was like, Arrest the Killers of Brianna Taylor. And then that was like a minute and a half song. And it was just like, and if you don't, you're goofy. And that was like the whole song. Like, um, but they had like a whole thing where they just wore mint. So, and they made an album called Monumental. So their whole theme from every song they performed was mint clothing, mint backgrounds, mint furniture, mint cars, mint phones, like anything that you could see, except for their black skin was minty. And then they did a monumental tour. And we went to that tour. And we took our mom, my, I took my mom, my mom was, came to visit us and we took my mom and coincidentally, he brought his mom on stage as well. So every step of his journey, I kind of mirrored him. Like, so every time I seen him live, I mirrored his experience live, like seeing it with just my girl, with him and his girl on stage, then bringing my kids and seeing them live and then bringing my kids and my mom, you know? And so that was one of our COVID shows too. I'm going to listen to his album. I love that. Make Purpose Popular. So what, you, so what you have to do is, what I recommend you do is, and I might just text you a link. I might just text you with like five videos to watch. Watch. Um, I'll put it in the chat right now. And I, and I looked his up. Name. He's Nigerian. Yeah, I Googled him. Toby N-W-I-G-W-E. Yeah, Toby the Weekway. Yeah, and he got like, he blew up because Dave Chappelle found out about him and then put Erica Badu onto him. And then he made a song about them. <laughs> and then he ended up like performing with them. Um, yeah, like my, my mama thought I was a joke, but Dave Chappelle said I was dope. But Dave Chappelle said that I'm dope. Yeah. <laughs> but his videos are aesthetically beautiful. 
And I will like, I'll send you like my top three or four or five. Oh, please. I love And, they, and like, so Stephanie literally, come here, Steph. No, she's not. But so Stephanie normally is wearing like, so she went out and bought like, like, so we went out and bought their merch. You know, yeah. like I never really buy like, so Steph has like a, a hoodie that, um, so now the producer is female. She does all the music and she has a little clothing line called Women Produce. And so Steph went out and bought like the Women Produce hoodie. And then the kids have like, so he'll start like a rhyme with ooh, which is O-U-U, right? And so it's just ooh with a period. And the kids have the ooh like hoodies. Then I met a good friend of mine. I met a dude who's become a good friend. Hey, Swiffy, pass me that. Uh, pass me the picture of me and Steph. Picture me and Steph. Pass that. So March 3rd of 2020 was our last concert. We went to see Rhapsody in Ciroc perform in L.A. And we were waiting online and we saw this white dude and he was happened to be wearing a Toby Nwigwe t-shirt from the tour before, from the November tour. So I go, nice shirt. And he goes, oh, you know about this guy? And I was like, we love him. We were on that tour. We ended up hanging out with this guy and he ended up buying us drinks at this concert. 10 days later, the world stopped. But I became a friend of him on Instagram. Coincidentally, this guy is an amazing artist, amazing woodworker, and amazing, beautiful painter. Um, then I would start sharing like new music with him, and he would share new music with me. And then we'd share old music. Like he ends up being like a huge Eminem fan, which I think I'm kind of shady with him. But then he's like, and I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. He's kind of shady with me. So that's where we have our balance. But <laughs> He's this crazy Irish dude. And we became friends. We actually, during COVID, we took a trip up to Santa Barbara. And we got like some Airbnb in Santa Barbara. And he lived in Santa Barbara. So we ended up like meeting his wife and father-in-law and his children and all his whole family. And for my birthday this year, or last year, which is May 8th, Stephanie sent him a picture and he had painted this for us. Oh, wow. This is gorgeous. And it's black and white. Black and white, yep. And when we met him, he went to that last Toby Wigway show and met my mom. And he presented this to me. So he did this for my birthday in May. Oh. On Instagram. And then he delivered it to me at the show. Uh, this past November or December, wow. whenever the show was. Yeah. And so now, and I've been to a few concerts with him since. Wow. You have this whole life that's associated with music and concerts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I ended up meeting another one, uh, another artist. I ended up meeting, went to this concert with him, right? This guy, D Smoke. D Smoke happened to be, Netflix came out with one of those like best rap shows, like, you know, like American Idol, but for rap. And it was hosted by T.I. and Cardi B. And I think Chance the Rapper is somebody. I never watched it because I never watched any of those shows. 
But the guy who ended up winning was this L.A. rapper named D. Smoke. He is uh, bilingual, so he raps in Spanish and English, and he's an accomplished pianist. He ended up winning the show because he did, like, so he played the piano and then had a whole, like, Kendrick Lamar vibe show go on. So he ended up winning that show. I put my buddy Rory onto him. And so Rory did a deep dive in his music. So when he's doing his art, he would listen to like hip hop, you know, he's a real, like straight Irish dude, like real deep Irish accent, like huge Kobe fan and just, just a beautiful soul, just amazing artist. And so we ended up going to the D smoke show where it ended up being like one of the most amazing lineups because his the guy who opened up for him happened to be T.I.'s son. So this kid, Damani, he's a pretty good artist himself, you know, and a famous T.I. from Atlanta. So Damani performs, then T.I. comes up on stage. And so I was thinking, okay, that's going to be the guest. Well, D. Smoke has done two songs with Toby Nguigwe, right? So I'm thinking it's just going to be a D. Smoke show. Toby might come up because it's in L.A. And then when Toby was in L.A., D. Smoke came up and performed. Well, Tobin and Wigway shows up and does uh, a set with me. Then Robert Glasper, who is like a huge producer, like everybody that is being produced right now has been produced from Common to The Roots to, to D Smoke, like everybody. Robert Glasper is become, like he's the Pharrell or Quincy Jones of the 2020s. He jumps on stage. Then there's this young lady. So they have a collective that is almost like, you know, when, when the Roots started, it was like the Roots had just gotten Erica Badu and D'Angelo and all those people, right? And uh, Talib Kweli and Most Def. And they were all together in that kind of collective. Well, Mumu Fresh, um, Tiffany Goucher, uh, Robert Glasper, Toby DeWigway, D Smoke. These are all people that are in like that 2020 equivalent of that collective. So they're doing some of the most beautiful, positive black music that's uplifting and then taking it to another level. And they're doing it organically and they're doing it without being in the pockets of an Arister or RCA or Universal, you know? So they're not getting fucked by a label. Um, and they have this amazing collective and they're putting out some of the most soulful, enriching, positive, like, just shit like oh it's amazing and they ended up all being on stage at this concert and I ended up getting my ticket free from Rory and I ended up one of the best shows I've seen in years and it ended up being like a, a whole collective of dopeness and then D Smoke's wife is a, a violinist and she's up there playing the violin while people are rapping while Robert Glasper is playing the like keyboards while D Smoke is playing like a grand piano while Mumu Fresh is rapping and then singing. Yeah. I'm gonna look this up. D Smoke. D Smoke, yep. And he has a song called Black Habits. Black Habits. Um, Black Magic. Yeah, positive is positive. Tiffany Goucher, I found out about her because uh, this dude, Jay Period, who is uh, 
Black Thought and the Roots is uh, like Travel DJ. Mm-hmm. He came out with an album that the first song has Dave Chappelle hosting the whole album, right? So it's Dave Chappelle, Tiffany Goucher, and Black Thought from the Roots. Wow. And he and him producing, and Shane Period producing. And so that's when I first heard her name. So I did a deep dive into her stuff. And she's an amazing rapper and amazing singer. And then this girl, Mumu Fresh, she had the song that uh, Scratch Bastard on uh, Twitch played. And I was like, this song is amazing. So I ended up looking up her song and then all her music. And then she happened to be a part of this collective as well. Wow. Yes, so the music has kind of come like full circle. The only loss I took was not seeing Krongbin. So you got to check out this band called Krongbin. It's called I'll Spell It For You. That's their name. Oh. <laughs> um, so what I recommend you is go like, I don't do YouTube too tough, but... If you go to their YouTube tiny desk and read the comments, it is one of the most beautiful and funny comment sections in the YouTube universe. But this band is on point. It's a three-piece. There's a brother on drums, a female on the bass, and then the lead guitarist is some white dude who wears this weird um, wig. But they are funky. And they do a whole thing where they do like like hip hop and soul and funk medleys like in the middle of their show. And they did a tour and I ended up missing the tour because we had to go to another concert. So we went to another concert and I ended up missing that tour. And it made me a little tight, but. I just looked them up. It's tied for Airplane, Krong. Yeah, Krongbin, it's tied for Airplane, yeah. That is so cool. I love getting introduced to new music. I'm, I'm gonna listen to all of this. Oh yeah, there's another one. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some more. Yeah, you already got D Smoke, right? D Smoke, yeah. Toby New Newigwe. Yep, Tony Newigwe. Weigwe, so yeah. So the end silent, yeah. So you got D Smoke. Then you have Tiffany. I looked at D Smoke. He's a he was a Spanish and music composition major at UCLA. Yeah, and that's where he met his wife. And she is, I forget her name right now, but you find her. She's a violinist. That's amazing. I forget her name right now. Tiffany Goucher. And then you have. Angelina Cherie. They got married in yes. 2021. Angelina Cherie. Wow, and I love I love instruments. I don't play anything, but I will definitely look up their music. Oh, yeah, so that's some of the new music that I've gotten into over COVID. So Krongbin, D Smoke, Tiffany Goucher, Moomoo Fresh, Salt. Like Quest Love put me on a salt, and then they are like amazing. Oh, look at Salt. Oh, I don't know them either. All this new music. Thank you. Yeah. I've been listening to the Africa channel, Afrobeats on Apple Music. Um, yes. Because it's very positive, which I like. But I'm definitely yes. listening to all this. 
and a lot of this is so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna just send you like I'm gonna just send you some some heat right now. I'm gonna send you salt. I'm gonna send you because this salt one is this is just the jam. This is just the jam and Salt. Yeah, I'm gonna send that to you right now. S A U L T. Oh, I like that spelling. So I just sent you their first track on your phone. I got it. Thank yeah. You. Then I'm gonna send you uh, the Krongbin. I'm gonna send you the Krongbin Tiny Desk. Oh, this is gonna be a good Sunday tomorrow. I'll be cleaning and listening to music. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be in the Krongbin Tiny Desk. It's only like 11 minutes, but it is it is worth it. Oh yeah, I like the Tiny, the Tiny Desk NPR concerts. So one of the, uh, so one of the, uh, so the guy who produced that, one of the DJs who produces that show is also part of that Ninth Wonder uh, Collective. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, music is like, when I said it, it's been my, it's been my savior. savior. Thank you, I got it. Yeah, and then I'll send you like the list of Toby's, like, like four or five of his joints. Oh, and I'll do I'll do one more real fast. I'll do D Smoke Black Habits. Smoke Black Habits. Um, which it happens to be with Jackie Goucher, who is Tiffany Goucher's sister. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a whole family thing that pops off, and it's just like so good, so good, such good music. I can't wait. I love hearing new music, especially recommended new music. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Courtney. Yeah, oh my yeah. Goodness. and I'll and I'll go and then. So all you got to do is for Toby, go to YouTube and what's my joint? Wavy's a good one. Um, Stephanie, where you go? Wavy. What, what else we got? Cage birds. For the video, what about the one where, um, like, it's like the marriage to fat? Oh, to fat. Oh, to fat. Oh, to fat. Um, I choose you. I choose you. Um, those are so wavy cage birds. Oh, to fat. I choose you. What do you guys like? Debo. My son's favorite is Debo. I'm gonna show you that. I'm gonna send you that. Um, what about you, Brooklyn? Huh? What? Father figure that was father figure. He's in there with Royce the Five Nine and uh, Black Thought. Yes. So like real hip hop heads are like in there. Debo is a good one. He's in there with Paul Wall. He's got Paul Wall on one of them. Yeah. I got the juice. Juice. I got the juice. And these are some of my kids' favorite music. Like, so, and like they know all his lyrics. Like they can sit there and like 
do the stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. So yeah. Yeah. Thank so you. anything else you need for me? I, I gotta. I'm gonna do dinner. I told him I want to do some kebabs. Oh. I'm gonna grill some chicken kebabs or beef kebabs or something. Thank you. I thank you for your time and definitely if your mom, if I could interview her too, or anyone. So what I'll do is I'll give you her number. I'll give you her number right now. I'll text you her number and her name, and then you could just drop her a, like what you sent me. Just drop that to her. Yeah. Like, I would love to talk to somebody because she's been, you think I have a good story? Her shit has been on point. I would love to talk to her because I'm trying to get up to 100 um, and then I'll ask a museum to house them. So my friends thought, well, maybe the Schomburg, I'm just going to reach out and just have this archive of all of our voices. So yeah. How many have you done so far? I have 33. Let me check the okay. number because I, I learned how to edit sound. So <laughs> I got okay. So you're number 34 Um, because people will have oh, requests. Obama. I got the Obama number. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, yeah. I don't have the Obama number. It's 43, not 34. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people be like, can you cut this out? I'm like, let me learn that right quick. So yeah. I appreciate okay. your time, Courtney. I love the positivity. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was fun. This was great. And I'll, are we yeah, talking about it? kind of weird well? to kind of recap it. You know, it's kind of weird to recap it and see what we've done. But we've done a lot of cool shit in the last two years. Because it flew by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'll message you when the, the link is up. And um, okay, I definitely cool. will have an event once it gets into a museum somewhere i'm gonna plan something for sure cool that's what's up well thank you say hi thank stephanie you. thank you kids you say thank hi you. steph hi good to see you i totally understand i appreciate your time thank you wow well, have a good night. Or it's almost well afternoon, right? In California, have well, a good it's, afternoon. It's seven o'clock now. It's seven o'clock. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we might have to order some food instead of cooking. We might. Oh, cook I don't know. But I'm sorry. Funny. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Cool. But it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure <laughs> seeing you. Now I have my phone. Like, so I'll hook you up with new music randomly. I'll give you random calls. Now you you gave the wrong person your phone number, so because I'm I'm good at the randomness of things. <laughs> I welcome it because nobody calls me, so that's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Well, enjoy your dinner in California. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Are you guys still cold out there? Yes. It was yeah. like in the fifties today. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, it's been ninety all like today was the first nice day. It's been like ninety. It was like ninety nine for the last three days. Oh my god. I gotta yeah. make a plan to move to California. <laughs> well, you can always come visit, and then you know I'm a good host too. So I've learned San Diego fairly well. So if you ever want to come visit, yeah, I'll ask you good hands. Tour. That's what's yeah. up. Thank you, Courtney. Well, enjoy your Thank dinner. You. All right, be safe, peace and love. Good night. <laughs> good night. My name is Sonia Jean Killebrew. And this is my oral history project, Black America and COVID. Thank you.